Welcome to American Players Theater Talk Backs to Go. I'm Buzz Kemper, and I invite you to take a walk up to the Touchstone Theater with Oren Schroeder and me as Orange talks with director Mariah Aitken about APT's 2017 and very first production of August Strindberg's play Creditors in a version by David Grieg. I have the pleasure of having Mariah Aitken with me to discuss the upcoming production of Creditors by August Strindberg at APT. And I'd like to start by saying, uh, Mariah, you're a first-time director at APT, but clearly not a first-time director or actor. You have a fascinating background, and I'm wondering if you would mind telling us a little bit about yourself and how you came to be in Spring Green, Wisconsin. Well, it's rather astonishing to find myself in Spring Green, Wisconsin, (laughs) but I'm enjoying it enormously. I heard about it when I was directing uh, The Seagull uh, at the Huntington in Boston because I had a designer who's worked here in Spring Green for something like 30 years, Bob Morgan. And he said, this is a very well-kept secret of a phenomenon. And you must go. You have to go and see it. And then Brenda invited me to come. And I flew to uh, see three productions on a night when Chicago air traffic control caught fire. Oh, dear. So, so I flew around America, uh, landing at places like Peoria. <laughs> and um, I only saw one show in the end, which was Travesties. I think this must be three years ago yes. or so. And uh, I was in the original production of Travesties in London, which was supposed to be you know, the production. Well, I'm telling you, this was much better. It really? Was thrilling. Yes, it was thrilling. So uh, I immediately fell and said I'd love to come and work sometime. So I came back and did a workshop with the company to get to know them for a week. Uh, and so I kind of knew how I wanted to cast them. But I didn't know what I wanted to do. That was another stage altogether. And um, you mentioned acting in Travesties. You've both acted and directed? Yes, I acted for, I mean... Billions of years. Uh, I, I went to Oxford and read English language and literature, and then, but completely wasted my time at Oxford acting all the time. And then in those days, there were, of course, drama schools like RADA and so on, but an awful lot of actors out of Oxford and Cambridge just went straight into the theatre, into repertory. People like Ian McKellen, and Hugh Laurie and so on. And so did I. So I stood in the wings watching people better than me, basically. That was my education. Uh, and I acted for many, many years in the National, the Royal Shakespeare, the West End. Um, and it was ter- it was a terrific life and a career. But when I married a man who lived in New York, I thought I really ought, and this was a, a late marriage, uh, I thought I really ought not to be out six nights a week um, appearing in the theater. This is, it will imperil everything. So I had done some direction, and I decided to become a full-time director. So you're based in New York. So I live in Manhattan, yeah. Ah. And uh, I had a, a, a lucky success with a funny little play called 39 Steps, which ran for nine years in London and three on Broadway. And that kind of got me going here. And do you have upcoming projects in New York after you leave Spring Green? I actually prefer not to work on Broadway very much because they make me cast people I don't necessarily think are right. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so I, but I work a great deal regionally. I sometimes work on Broadway and off-Broadway. I'm actually doing uh, The Importance of Being Earnest at uh, the Old Globe in San Diego, and I'm doing Twelfth Night 
in Delaware and also uh, at this wonderful new theatre next to BAM in Brooklyn, the Polonsky. So a great deal of Shakespeare, but not much Strindberg. No, this is the first Strindberg I've ever done. I mean, he's not very... His plays are not very thick on the ground in England. They, they, they do The Father and they do Miss Julie and they do Dance of Death, but I mean, not very often. And creditors came out of the woodwork because Alan Rickman did it. I wish I'd seen it at, um, at the Almeida, and he commissioned this very good translation. And so when I discussed it with Brenda, she didn't have that translation, Brenda DeVita, who runs uh, APT. And so she was appalled by this choice of play. <laughs> ah, so <laughs> then, you... she, then she read this translation and completely changed her tune and was fascinated by it. So you had actually recommended the, show, the play to Brenda? Yes, I did. Well, you know, she said, uh, what about creditors? But she hadn't actually read it. Ah. Um, and so we were reading different versions. And you mentioned that obviously Strindberg is not very frequently produced, never at American Players Theatre. What do you think playgoers need to know about Strindberg? Well, I, I think it's interesting that he thought this was his masterpiece, this one. He designed it to go with Miss Julie. And plays were immensely long. His own plays were immensely long, usually, and in verse. So uh, neither of these were in verse, and they were very short, I mean, comparatively short, uh, under 100 minutes and he said it's like a a lamb cutlet it looks large but three quarters of it is bone and fat and I take that (laughs) off (laughs) and uh, it is it's very stripped down and I think very compelling and peculiar it's uh, I've never I've never directed a play like it and we are are all finding it fascinating and the most surprising thing of all is how funny it is he knew that, but we weren't so clear about that until we started to rehearse. He didn't get that. He didn't get it on for quite a while. He got Miss Julie on, so but it, um, this was rejected by the theatre. He wanted to do it for two reasons. One was they thought it was libelous about his wife, who actually played it in the end somewhere, and what didn't mind at all. Um, and he, he he told them that it was terribly easy and cheap to stage because it just needed two chairs and a table and there were three charming characters I don't know what made him think they're charming uh, but, but he obviously had a different standard for charm than we do now a different worldview perhaps and definitely a different view of uh, of marriage I think. oh yes that that may be quite inflammatory uh, here because because he's he's quite sort of influenced by Nietzsche about uh, the inferiority of women uh, On the other hand, it's such a cleverly constructed piece because there's one man in it who adores the woman, another man who despises her. And the woman herself, though flawed, is very feisty and fascinating. Um, so it's you know the, the con- there are conclusions drawn by each character, but they're not the conclusions we will draw. And um, Strindberg had a, a sort of contentious relationship with his peer Henrik Ibsen. Uh, they both were considered to be uh, writers in the naturalistic uh, style of theater. Do you see that um, in, in creditors? Well, I mean, it's sort of all relative, isn't it? Because before this, he always wrote in verse. So in that sense, it's naturalistic. It's naturalistic in that it's extremely clear-eyed about human nature. And in this translation, it's reasonably colloquial, um, but it, I don't know how much of this we owe to the translator. 
it's, I mean, I, I, naturalism is a term that shifts its meaning with period. So it's still a period play. Uh, I think that's inescapable. Is it being set in the period? Yes, it is. But it, it's set in a sort of strange limbo of a kind of hotel that nobody stays in on an island. You know, it's it has one of those settings which is sufficiently abstract that it's a bit like No Exit, the play about people being in hell. Actually, these three are in a sort of hell uh, on an island in a hotel that has no visitors. Um, it's it's unspecific and in, and in in design terms. Really, the brief is get out of the way of the actors. Um, it's entirely about performance, really, as a play. And, of course, there's a set of sorts. But the touchstone itself doesn't respond very well to clutter. Uh, the three characters are obviously uh, key to the entire uh, action and their psychological interaction is so important. Um, are you finding it easy to work with the uh, actors, the company at American Players Theatre? Oh, goodness, the actors here are of such a quality. They, they really are. Um, it's, it's, it's been a complete delight. I feel like a shepherd with, a, with sheep dogs and a whistle, and I only get the whistle three quarters of the way to my lips, and they've already done it. You know, I'm, I, don't, I don't have to instruct them very much. They're incredibly intuitive and smart. And, of course, breaking down what exactly is happening on, on the page is a collaborative endeavor. And it's been tremendous fun. I mean, really fascinating. And I, I think they're enjoying it as much as I am. And what do you think audiences will take away from it? Well, you have a very sophisticated audience. This is, I know this sounds, this sounds like British condescension. I don't mean it to at all. Uh, but I, when I came to see Travesties, which is not an easy play, I remember the English audiences sitting there in sort of vague incomprehension, having a brain massage, a sort of collective brain massage, and vaguely in catching up with it. But, but when I saw the APT audience, which was very mixed in ages and so on, they were getting practically everything and roaring with laughter in the right places. And I thought, this is extraordinary. This is a trained audience. And then, I, you know, I've, just, I've seen three shows since I've been here, and it's true every time. It, you have a wonderful audience here. It's a, it's an ex, I do think it's an exceptional setup. And certainly it is for those of us that get to be privileged to be in that audience. Uh, another parallel that I see with creditors possibly is the idea of uh, the French uh, farce of infidelity, which is one of the other themes that we've seen this season with a flea in her ear. We don't really yes. expect creditors to be funny, but it, as you say, it has its funny moments. It surely does. It's, it's partly the audience perceiving manipulation uh, when, uh, when the character who's being manipulated doesn't. And that can become hysterically funny. I think it is much darker than the French farces because, well, for obvious reasons, I won't say why, but it doesn't end well. <laughs> <laughs> and, and his view of women is not, not rosy, shall we say. No, I mean, I think when we did the read-through, uh, there were audible gasps from quite seasoned people like stage managers uh, when, uh, when one character, Gustav, played by Jim DeVita, um, gives his analysis of what makes a woman. It, 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 I mean, it's quite shocking, but it's kind of marvelous. And it's, it's that sort of sh shockingness that w wakes up your brain and you feel is good for you. 
And that's certainly a wonderful aspect of going to theater is seeing something that you don't expect to see, and yet you come out um, owing a, a credit, shall we say, to the playwright and to the director. Thank you so much, Mariah, for speaking to us today and for coming to Spring Green to uh, um, enrich our stage with this new production by August Strindberg. Not at all. It's my privilege. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Talkbacks to Go is a production of Orange Tree Imports and Audio for the Arts. Our theme music is Er by Steve Tibbetts, and it appears here by permission of the artist, courtesy of ECM Records. Please find us on iTunes and YouTube under APT Talkbacks to Go. With Orange Schroeder, I'm Buzz Kemper. Thank you for listening.